Thank you for joining IAB There. And now your host, Orchid Richardson. Over to you, Orchid. Good afternoon. Today is Friday, July 17, 2020, and welcome to IAB There, our daily live stream in which we connect the digital advertising ecosystem. I'm Orchid Richardson, VP of Membership for the IAB Tech Lab, where I also lead IAB's programmatic and data center. So our topic for today's show, identity, privacy, and contextual in a rapidly changing marketplace. Our special guest is Babiv Ari, CEO of Media.net. Media.net is a technology platform provider to publishers, marketers, and other ad tech industry participants. As the founding CTO, Ari built a 600 plus engineering team from the ground up and was instrumental in creating a co the core of the contextual engine and the natural language processing tech that powers it. An internet entrepreneur since early 2000s, he has created multiple startups and products in the space. He's been a visiting professor at the India School of Business and has a bachelor's degree from the University of Pennsylvania. Please welcome Ari. Hi, Orchid. Hi, IAB. Thanks for having me today. How are you? I'm great. Oh, awesome. So why don't we jump right into it and let's start with um, hearing a little bit more about media.net. Can you just give us a quick, you know, the elevator elevator pitch for media.net? Sure. So media.net, at media.net, we are a contextual first technology. And what we did is we built uh, multiple businesses using our core contextual engine as the centerpiece. For example, we built what we call the exchange marketplace, which provides 100% direct publisher supply, enriched using our contextual article sentiment, contextual segments, granular topic, and brand safety data. We also offer an exclusive CPC demand source that is contextually targeted using our proprietary technology that generates significant revenues without relying on cookies whatsoever and have also started recently offering our contextual data uh, to third parties, such as publishers, marketers, et cetera, that want to use it. You know, we uh, call ourselves contextual first, but that's because at the end of the day, in our history, we've transacted more than $2 billion of contextually targeted demand on the platform. And this is fully contextual, identity, privacy safe, identity independent demand. And, um, you know, that's really the core of the company. And as a company, we are a fairly large global footprint. We have 1200 employees across uh, the US, uh, Europe, Asia, and more than half of them in product engineering and data science. And mm. you know, just because of having that strength and having the people, it gives us the time to spend a lot of time doing R&D on contextual. And that's why we keep doing R&D and innovating new products around it. Interesting. Now is the contextual, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> um, now is the contextual just looking at contact, content within pages or is it giving you insight to other things that are happening on, going on in the marketplace? So uh, you know, the way we built it is um, our all, all 
targeting engines take a ton of signals. But according mm -hmm. to us, the signal that's the strongest is what the user is doing right now, right now, which is literally the page that he is reading. But just the page that he is reading is very, very rich. And you can right. impute a lot of information about the user right off the page. For example, our engine has 5 million topics in it, right? So we don't really just look at high level, oh, this page is talking about, you know, take an example, if a page, if somebody is reading a page about um, uh, sleeping positions for back pain. Now that's typically gonna get classified as medical, or it's gonna get classified as lifestyle, but our mm -hmm. technology and our engine figures out, goes deeper and says, you know, this is great from a mattress perspective. So we can take that and map it to mattresses. Taking that forward, if somebody is reading restaurant reviews in Bale, you know, our system takes that forward and maps it back to a ski enthusiast category. So we can deliver ski enthusiast targeted campaigns while it's only somebody talking about restaurant reviews in Bale. Right. And because we've done so much, we've dog fooded our engine, we've built, run so much performance oriented demand on it, the engine is corely performance oriented. So it automatically picks up performance oriented topics, which works both for performance and brand demand because it actually gets engagement and conversion for or the advertiser uh, rather than just high level topics. Right. And that's really the advantage of going beyond just top level categories. You know, the IAB has its, for example, taxonomy, but not just limiting ourselves right. to that, but looking at 5 million independent uh, items on the page. And, you know, we do this because we raise that the user is looking at. Uh, we know what the user is interested in right now. So internally, we throw around the term real time contextual. Mm -hmm. because it's like this is what his real-time intent is and it's not something that he was interested in five months ago one hour ago five days ago it's what they want now and that tends to be the strongest signal by far right so it would seem that because it's real-time contextual and you know what the user is doing right then that there may be some privacy or identity concerns? Is that an issue here or not at all? So the privacy and identity concerns would become very important and valid if we were to keep that and map it across the user's journey so we could identify this user as mm -hmm. somebody who's got a particular interest. But we don't do that. We look at, because the goal is to monetize that impression, or to deliver advertiser marketer campaigns to a particular impression, we only care about what's happening on that impression. And all the content, all, all the intent that's required to target that impression is on the content around it, right? So the URL right. itself gives us all the data that you need and it's not unique and it's not, the and you're not building user data profiles based on it. So you know, there are very few privacy or uh, identity concerns there. Yeah, it seems like um, it's so, a great solution for marketers when they figure out, when they're trying to figure out um, how to expand their campaigns, create more reach. Is that something that you're seeing that marketers are coming to you for? 
or even as an alternative so to identity. Correct. So as identity becomes harder, right, and it is already harder on mobile, on Safari, and in these environments where identity is harder, our performance or our value to marketers keeps improving. Right. So main USP to marketers is they don't like you don't with our system, you don't have to only target the concept. Right. But you can add what we can do is build specific segments, add remove specific granular topics, add page mm -hmm. and brand sentiment filters and then custom build a segment. For example, if Toyota wants to target cars, they want to target mid segment cars and typically not luxury cars. So you can build right. that segment, which will target mid segment cars. And then on top of that, layer like a brand segment filter, a brand sentiment filter, and you know, then forecast it, price it, and target it so that you know they can put it into a marketing plan and then go in and deliver it at scale across the large web. And that becomes really valuable. Right, right. Um, I'm interested to see what you guys are seeing in terms of COVID and how that's showing up in the contextual activity that's happening across the network. I know that's one thing that everybody's talking about right so, now, right? Correct. You know, key, keyword blocking is become, you know, it's the hot topic of the day and it is right. making a big difference to everybody in this space, right? So we've been looking at this and we've been looking at it at a layer deeper than just high level saying, oh, this is COVID content. Because obviously as mm -hmm. COVID started in early COVID times, literally uh, mid-March and early April, we found that you know, although traffic for everybody was growing, a lot more people were using the internet and a lot more people were going to publisher sites, but the yields were not growing as fast. So we started deep diving for all our partners, publisher partners, and we started seeing that you know, while, and some of the data that we found was Although the overall volume was growing 10% week on week, just COVID related impressions or only COVID keyword blocked impressions were growing 100%, 200% week on week. And it's understandable oh, wow. because everybody originally was just talking about COVID traffic, right? Or just talking about what's mm -hmm. happening with COVID. But it was not only related to the traditional news and politics category. This expanded beyond that. In fact, we found that only 28% of the impressions really were not brand safe or were tragedy and disturbing. Mm -hmm. But 72% were extremely brand positive impressions that were yet getting labeled COVID. For example, you know, it was about tips for parents with children at home. Or right. what to binge watch on Netflix during the quarantine even cooking <laughs> recipes for a date night right? right and you know all of us have been there like you you've been there i've been there all of us have been Absolutely. looking for things to do and that's what the content was but because all the content had like a covid spin to it just you know taking a sledgehammer of keyword blocking was really affecting publishers because all of this content was just getting blocked out Thing because it has the term COVID or coronavirus or something in it, right? It's only right. once you start going beyond that, beyond just the keywords, but going to actual concepts, actual topics, actual granularity, can you start identifying what is good for marketers and brand positive for marketers, as opposed right. to just tragic and disturbing, right? And this was early COVID, but as we see, you know, now what's happening is. 
COVID content, COVID related impressions are not growing as much, partially because marketers have figured out how to deal with it to some extent. And also because, you know, the volumes in so large already that the volume is plateauing. So it's not that COVID related impressions have gone down. It's just the volumes high, but not growing. Right. And yet 73% of those are yet brand safe. And so the ratio remains constant and it's all traditional categories, which would be great for brands and advertisers. But, you know, as COVID's going away or your marketers are learning how to deal with COVID, uh, the world doesn't stay still. The, you know, our political economy keeps changing and the content spin now has become, you know, social justice topics have become significant with Black Lives Matter, racism, reform. And these are topics that are not just limited to news and politics. Traditionally, endemic categories like sports, technology, business, education, all of these are getting affected. Or, and you marketers really need to go down one level deeper than just the headline to be able to figure out whether this is content that they want to access or not. And you know, we work with marketers for some marketers, it's a great opportunity because right. it en enables them to buy inventory that others are possibly ignoring or missing. And for other marketers, they you know they need to reach their uh, target audiences in you know brand positive ways, and they, we need to be able to enable that. So you know we work constantly working with marketers to help them get that. Um, and that's what we're seeing in COVID. It's um, until we start getting into, as an industry generally, we start getting into a deeper understanding. You know, it becomes harder and harder as, given the rapid state of change in the world, becomes harder and harder for marketers to deliver their campaigns to who they want, and for publishers mm -hmm. to get adequate monetization on the high volume of content that they create. Yeah, that's really interesting that you make that point, because I know as a mom who was in quarantine for such a long time, I was certainly uh, searching for covert comfort recipes, right, to to make my experience better. Yeah. And and if a CPG had inserted into something that I was reading at that moment, I'm sure it would have triggered me adding something to my um, my in-home delivery uh, shopping cart. Absolutely. Yeah. Which brings up an interesting yeah. point is how can publishers leverage this contextual platform to make it much more powerful for the, for the marketers that they're working for? Because that, that's probably part of the missing piece, right? We've convinced marketers they need to go a, yeah. level, a level deeper, but how are we going to help publishers do the same thing? So what we do with publishers, right, we license our data and then publishers can actually build these custom segments for their advertisers, not only for programmatic for and for their targeted deals and PMPs, but also for the direct ad campaigns, right? They can okay. use this to help package and price their inventory. And what that does is it helps them get a better sense of what inventory do they have and map it better to the demand that they are seeing. And this is for direct, but you know, they can also make these granular segment IDs available on open exchange that can be targeted. Um, and right. that's really the best opportunity. And you know, 
further beyond just uh, looking at pricing and performance just you know just on the state side of the, the business but also on the church side of the business it can help uh, the product and editorial process to understand user engagement and what type of content is you know resonating with their users yeah do you see um a lift or a change in content strategy as publishers leverage more contextual targeting um as they're growing their businesses so i i think you know as an industry all of us are in amidst of a lot of change and as mm -hmm. um the industry changes and we get into a model where privacy becomes more important and identity becomes harder i think uh, what is going to happen is large conglomerates and high value publishers will start automatically getting a larger part of the ad dollars or the advertiser mm -hmm. buy and that's because uh, you know if you think of a lot of the clickbait or uh, the you know the really low quality content that today gets monetized uh, without being able to identify the user or without having an identity layer, that content will be much harder to monetize. But large publishers will, who have direct relationships with their users will have a lot of first party data and also high quality publishers who create content in very valuable verticals will always be uh, will always be able to command a higher price for their content just because the intent of the user will be can be imputed from the content got it um, so that brings up an interesting point in terms of how the marketplace is going to change over time um, I think I read a quote from you in the early part of 2020 things have changed where you talked about how Google's announcement around Chrome and changing how the cookie will be used is a great opportunity for contextual. Do you want to talk a little bit about just the future roadmap in terms of the way you see contextual evolving, how media, MediaNet's point of view on that? Sure. Um, so there is, um, you know, there, there are two layers to it. One is what do we see going happening in the industry in general? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the cookie going away and identity generally becoming harder you really try to do three things with user identity. You try to target advertising to users. You try to optimize advertising because we obviously want to spend more dollars behind advertising that works. And mm -hmm. we want to measure advertising, right? Uh, I right. think contextual is going to be great for targeting and it'll help, you know, for all the points that we discussed earlier. It's great for high value and large publishers who've got direct user relationships, and that's going to be great for targeting. And if you look at a system like ours, which in, has traditionally been, you know, which is run at scale, which has delivered a large volume of performance demand, it is endemically performance oriented. So given two pages, both talking about the same topic at length, we would automatically end up picking the one that is more performance oriented, just because the content will be more performance oriented. For example, if somebody was, you know, if you're again going back to the mattress advertiser example, if a mattress advertiser is looking for advertising, our system would preferentially target product review pages as opposed to architecture pages or home tours where somebody is tangentially mentioning that they have a fancy mattress. 
right? So mm -hmm. uh, targeting and optimization is easier. Measurement is the hard one, right? right? Because think of, think about the measurement challenge. For in the take the offline world example, if every car manufacturer was only to do last click attribution, which is essentially attribute all the value to the end that sells the car to the manif uh, to the user then they would literally be attributing zero value to their entire TV ad campaigns. And that, both of us understand, is not rational or not reasonable, right? right? And measurement is the big challenge with um, identity going away. And until we can solve for measurement, and you know, thanks to the Tech Lab, you guys, we're doing a great job at the Tech Lab, working on Project ReArc with, and the entire W3C conversation that's going on, all of us are actively as an industry, as a community trying to figure out how to solve for this. And it's very important that we do. And everybody's incentivized to solve for it, right? In a way that is fully user privacy supporting. We don't want to exfiltrate data or build aggressive user profiles. All we want to know is, you know, if you saw the ad, did that result in conversions? And you know, and MediaArtNet's obviously been a great IAB tech-like supporter. We just got on the board uh, yeah. to, you know, further double down on our uh, commitment. So I, I think the industry will come up with measurement solutions. Contextual is great for targeting and optimization. And all of this put together, I think that, you know, the world continues and we figure out how to work in the new space. Obviously, it's a space where users are going to be a lot more comfortable because you know despite everything we believe as a, as the industry users currently just because of hearing about privacy risks and issues are worried are are feeling unsafe and are aggressively trying to protect as much of their privacy so we want to do it in a way that the users feel comfortable and i think the industry will do a great job from a pure media.net perspective we think it's going to be, you know, we continue to double down. Our main core platform obviously does English very well. Our performance advertising platform, our CPC ads, work in multiple languages. So we are building, bringing that multilingual capability to our contextual data. So we'll start with the European languages, German, French, Spanish, and then expand from there. Sorry expand from there i think we will expand you know we'll have that towards the end of the year and then mm -hmm. the, there's a, another very interesting project that we have in the works is uh, expanding this to go beyond just text content but also to video and audio content right so video you can we are the easiest thing to do for video is to use closed caption data and that's available. But even for right. videos where closed caption data is not available, we are working on an alpha internally, which does speech to text and then uses that data as the basis for doing contextual. So then you can do contextual, which is also to a point in the video and makes that super valuable as an advertising identifier. Wow, are you guys doing anything with uh, facial recognition yet in terms of the video content? No, so or that we are actually, so facial recognition. So we always want, you know, traditionally we've always been 
extremely privacy safe and extremely uh, in the camp that we don't want to do anything which actually tracks users. So, right. you know, we've stayed far away from facial recognition. I think product mm -hmm. recognition in video is possible, but I, the, what we found is that the audio track is, all, is often very valuable and gives you as much, if not more data than just looking at the images. Yeah, gotcha. Interesting. Well, we have only um, about 30 seconds left before we have to wrap up. So is there any parting thoughts that you would like to leave us with? No, uh, you know, I, th I think it's a time for a great change in the industry and all of us are working together trying to figure out how to build solutions for the open web of publishers and continue to you know, work on the process to figure out uh, what's the way forward. And you know, we look forward to working with the IIB, with the tech lab to literally you know, work on making the internet a better place. Yeah, we're, we're excited that Media.net is such a great partner for us um, and has joined the Tech Lab board. So uh, I'm excited about what's to come in, in the coming 18 months as we figure out the solution beyond um, the cookie. And so with yeah, that, I want to say thank you for joining us today. And just a couple of quick things to remind everyone about. Um, is that there is, did you know that IB There is now also a podcast? You can listen to our whole archive wherever you get your podcasts. And it's not just IB There. On Tuesdays, our IB Policy podcast features experts discussing the legal and regulatory developments changing the industry. On Wednesdays, IB There's leaders discuss what's urgent in digital advertising on IB Real. So please go to iab.com slash podcast to get everything you need. Um, on next week's IAB There, we're excited to welcome to the show Matt Bowers, SVP Strategy and Business Development for Ad Collinly, David Olsvich, Executive Director, IBM Watson Advertising, Amanda, Rich, Amanda Richmond, CEO of U, uh, CEO US Wavemaker, and others. So please don't miss it. IAB There is a production of the Internet Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy. Joe Ants, John Ward, Trafika Mohinden. I am Orchid Richardson. Thank you for watching. And come back next week because if it's 2 p.m. Eastern on a weekday, you know it's time for I Be There.